mentality right and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Dinyv Galea August Afoyt Jarov Quig Come On Kind on a show Le Mayfain Martin O'Quilja August. Mako, what's the Irish for? Now, here we go. Here's a, a Gael Gore. What's the Irish for co host? Well, it depends. On, uh, oh, I, don't, I can't think of it now. You have to put me on the spot. Thank you. Well, Paula Murphy. My branch, yeah. It's still Quigger. Paula O'Murhuacher. New Paula Nihuling. So either will do. Go to meet a Mahogut. Anyway, everyone is all very welcome here on Shock the Nguelga. It is Irish Week and we are trying to bring a bit of Gaelga into all of our Irish things, including the podcast here this evening. I'm not going to do an interview in full with my next guest because I don't know how good his Irish is and mine is certainly not that good anyway. But the new Carlo manager who is flying at the minute in the National League is, of course, our very own Peter Chap. Dear Chap, good evening, good sir. How are you? Good evening, Martin. How are you? Not too bad at all at all. As I said, I'm not going to see how good your Irish is or how bad my Irish is for Shockton Nguelga, but I know you have training uh, later on this evening there as well, so I'm going to try to get you out the gap as quick as possible. Good start to the National League. Two games played, two games won. Put up some impressive scores along the way, so you must be happy with the way things are progressing nicely for you. Yeah, very happy with the results so far, Martin. Um, We had a Good win the first day away to Loud, and um, you know our performance wasn't fantastic against Loud, but we got a really good result. Um, and then obviously last Saturday just gone, we had a tough game against Roscommon, and we came out the right side of it. So yeah, look, two wins from two is a very good start. Um, we've a lot of work done, but uh, we know ourselves we've an awful lot of work more to more to do, and the the, the tests are going to get stiffer and stiffer as the year progresses. But um, to use your Gaelic reference, too small and the Hibra. Well, you have a weekend coming up as well, or a game, I should say, at the weekend, and that's going to be against Wicklow. It's an away game for yourselves, up up to Bray Emmett. Um, a win will certainly put you into the semi-final of the National League and in the hope of promotion up into the Division 2 as well. Um, so, looking at the games, I know you can't take much for granted, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it's going nicely with the, the hope after the weekend that you will be in that league semi-final. Yeah, at the start of the league campaign, our ambition was to, was to top our group. Um, so obviously we're really focused on the game against Wicklow next weekend. Um, we're very fortunate we've got to use so many players so far. I think we've 25 players uh, have been used and got game time so far, Martin. Uh, and next Saturday will be another opportunity to get some game time into uh, other members of our panel. So uh, the league is really good for us in that sense. Uh, there's so many players are getting uh, game time. Um, and we always said once the group stages. Uh, was over that we'd reassess, sit down, uh, and obviously we'd be going gung ho then for for league semi final and please God final after that. Well, you're a new manager gone in, so obviously you need to put your own stamp on things and to find out who's going to be your best team for championship, and that's exactly what you're doing at the minute. So, how important is the national league for being able to afford that opportunity before you go into the Leinster Championship and then on into the All Ireland series? Yeah, it's been really important for us uh, and really important for me, I suppose, as, as a new manager and the management team. Um, I suppose, to, to, to give players game time, number one, and also try out a couple of different things and a few players in different positions and uh, bits and pieces like that. So um, we had a lot of challenge matches prior to the league. Um, and the great thing about the league this year for us, Martin, is that the games come week after week. 
Um, so it's really good that way. You get loads of games, which is what it's all about. So, Sorry for cutting um, across you on that point. As a manager, is that important that you have the game week after week or would you rather a break in between it to get recovery into all the girls? Because obviously that's important as well. So which would you rather, the week in, week out or to have a small bit of a break in between them? No, personally, the week in, week out. Like The reason we play Camogie and play Hurling is that we want games. So for me, it's all about games. Um, and whether it be challenge matches or, or, or league matches or championship matches so we try and get as many games in pre-league uh, obviously the league is here now uh, and I suppose after the league then we'll take a step back and reset uh, and get ready for the Leinster campaign at that stage but but for now we're we're we're, we're literally going from game to game week to week um, and it's just it, it's brilliant because we're building a nice little bit of momentum for ourselves uh, and we're happy how things are going Talking about momentum you obviously can't beat success and if a certain team is doing well it makes the other teams coming up behind, you know, look at themselves and say, well, you know, we need to pull up our socks a little bit here as well. But last weekend, Carlo had four teams out and all of the four teams came away with victories from yourselves at the junior to the minor who had a brilliant weekend or a brilliant uh, win, I should say, above in Derry and the under-16 teams then coming away. So from what we've been reporting on over the last number of years with Carlo not really getting the results that maybe they deserved over the last weekend, they certainly have and fantastic to see it and all that I suppose stems from the success that ye are having at the junior level and going so well in the National League it's pushing the teams coming behind ye onwards as well Yeah and I mean it's fantastic for Carla Camogie the weekend they just had with the under 16 both under 16 teams uh, winning and the minor team winning and ourselves so I mean that's all hugely positive and, 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 and leads to huge positivity around the place um, the one great thing about all those wins and all those games is when you're winning and when you're successful um, it usually brings huge competition with it a uh, huge competition for places. Uh, and I'm very satisfied at the moment for ourselves with, with our setup that we have huge competition for places, which is uh, which is absolutely what you want as a manager. So, uh, as I said to you, it's, uh, it's really exciting from where we can go from here. I know I had Kate Nolan on with a pre-recorded interview earlier because I know she has training with you later on this evening. And in fairness, she took time out of our busy schedule earlier on to do it as well. But Kate is such a leader on the field for not only Michael, but now it seems that she's doing it for Carlo as well. So how important is it for you to have somebody like Kate who has been there for many a year, has been through it all, has been there in good times, through the bad times as well. But to have a person with a voice that is so good that younger people can look up to and actually turn around and listen. How important is she as a leader? Ah, sure, look, Kate is fantastic. She's a fantastic leader. Uh, she's a role model on and off the pitch. Um, she's a huge ambassador for Camogie um, in, in her club, Michael, but also in Carlo and even uh, at a national level. Uh, an awful lot of people know who Kate Nolan is. So uh, she, she's been a fantastic leader for us. Um, and as I said to you before, earlier on a couple of weeks ago, Martin, we, we have a lovely blend of, of youth and experience. So it's brilliant to have the experience of the likes of Kate, um, Michelle Nolan and Kira Quirk and uh, Eleanor Tracy and girls like that, uh, that have a good few years experience. And then an awful lot of younger girls that are coming through. Um, so we're really ble- trying to blend those together uh, over the last couple of weeks and couple of months. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's going really well so far. Well, it certainly is. Look, we won't jinx anything, but we certainly wish you the very best of luck going forward for the rest of the league, especially against Wicklow at the weekend to get into the league semi-finals and who knows where it can take you from there. But, um, you know, promotion up into the Division 2 would certainly benefit Camogie and Carlo, yourself and all those players as well, especially going into the, the championship. It's great preparation for it. Absolutely. And I suppose all we're trying to do is keep our heads down, work really, really hard, have a really positive attitude 
uh, and see where that takes us, you know, and hopefully we'll continue to put in good performances um, and the results then will take care of themselves after that. Well, chap, thanks Mill for joining me because I know you're a busy man and I wanted to get you out the door quickly for training and we don't want anyone giving out that the manager is going to be late, but he's late for a good reason anyway if uh, it does come to that. The very best of luck, as I said, at the weekend. We will be following you throughout um, and no doubt that we will be chatting to you again uh, coming up hopefully towards a league semi-final and you never know even towards a league final fighting for a promotion as well but as always for taking the time out thank you very much for joining us here on Come On Kind Thanking you that is Peter Chapclear there the manager of the Carlo junior team who is going so well in the league so far and as I said we will be having uh, a listen to Kate Nolan who I managed to catch up with earlier on this afternoon as well Paula they're going well is Carlo we've said it from day one when Anya has been here with us she's obviously uh, MIA uh, this evening she's uh, pre-occupied but um, they're going so well you know they've had two wins from two they had a very good win against Roscommon the last day 3-11 to 8 points Wicklow beating Louth as well they're sitting pretty there at the minute on top of the Division 3A so looking very good for uh, a league semi-final spot at the minute Definitely and I mean they've only conceded six points so far in the game I suppose in one way you're delighted to see a score for they have five goals and 28 points but I'm sure Chap would like a little bit of a stiffer test at some stage. Yeah. Do you know, that's the only thing. You don't want to get complacent. I don't think he'd let them get complacent at all. But just for your own sake, but I'm sure he's playing challenge matches around the place whenever he can. And in-house matches sometimes are nearly as good as any challenge match you're going to meet if there's girls fighting for places. But like, I mean, I'd say he's quite happy where he is at the moment. And uh, they will be stiffer, or stiffer challenges ahead once he gets to that knockout stage. But I'd be quite happy, like for a manager in his first year in charge, you couldn't ask for any better record so far. No, things are progressing nicely because, I mean, let's be fair, and this is no disrespect to Carlo Camogie, but, I mean, they have underachieved within the last couple of years. You know, the results haven't gone their way and I suppose morale maybe hasn't been the best within the camps. We see it at underage level and that filters through all of the groups, but it's great to see positivity coming for Carlo. The two under-16 teams winning, the minor team winning, and you know yourself, minor is the next stepping stone to that team and they need those players to be playing well. So, so far, it's a great story. Well, they seem to be, they, they, like, there seems to be a good cohesive surrounding all of the the Carlo teams at the moment there's a good atmosphere down there um, they seem to be pushing on I suppose I know they were caught with girls playing colleges matches and then there was girls involved with the in the Leinster championship there as well uh, at the junior level for a while so I think at this stage it was a matter when I was talking to Chap earlier on in the season he said it's about getting all these players back but he gave them time to recuperate having gotten out of those games and to recover and I suppose now he's pushing on forward with it and like I mean if you know yourself success breeds success winning becomes a habit it does and that's one of the most important habits you can instil or that want to win I should say you can't guarantee you're going to win every game but it's that want to win and having girls in the right headspace whereby you know it's the collective rather than the sum of any one particular player and I think that's from from listening to him that's the kind of attitude he's instilled in all of his players it's it's about galvanising them together as a group rather than focusing on any one individual player and as a result of that I suppose you know he, as he says himself he's tried out players in different positions and I suppose it's looking at the player 
and doing what's best for the team and it mightn't always be where the player wants to play but they all have bought into what he's saying and they're all willing to play and put in an effort 110 and 20% for him and like I mean best of luck to him it's a great success story and you know having those other results at the minor and under 16 at the weekend can only you know foster get the momentum going and, and, and it'll filter down through the ranks You said there will be tougher tests coming so did he I mean Armagh and Kildare are going very well in group one at the minute I was speaking with Rachel Mary who was uh, an Ar- or who is an Armagh player as well so I will be chatting to her very soon so um, the stiffer test is coming along you know for them so we'll just have to wait and see after the weekend Well they just have to play up a year I suppose the weekend will tell a lot um, I suppose it'd be interesting to see who they end up meeting That'll be even more interesting on that level. It will if they can avoid one. Now, they're obviously going to have to play one another in the semi-final, but like it depends on if Carlo avoid, would say, some of the... Which they're not going to avoid one of the, the big guns in Group 1 because they're going to have to play someone, either Armagh or Kildare, in the semi-final. Well, like, I mean, Kildare, Carlo and Kildare, they're not too far away from each other. It would li- be a little bit of a tight battle, I would say, there now. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be inclined <laughs> to put money on either side with regard to either team or either management. You could say that. Right, I know I'm uh, jumping from Billy to Jack, but... Uh, this is all due to time constraints on managers etc with uh, training so right now I'm going to jump to the minor competition that started at the weekend and I am hopefully going to be joined on the line here by Mike Wall who was the manager of the Kilkenny minor team Mike good evening how are you? How's it going Martin? Good now yourself thanks a million for waiting there because everything is uh, catching up on us today don't know where the time has gone today on this uh, Monday um, but yeah thank you very much for joining us as I said he had a very tough test against Tipperary yesterday it was looking very grim uh, up onto the 30th and 31st minute uh, but he managed to come away with the victory one point over the Tipperary women they're probably heartbroken year elated Give us what your opinion of the match was like. Um, a dogfight from start to finish, uh, and conditions didn't help. Uh, but it was the same for both teams. Uh, I, I, I suppose um, Tipperary, being the probably the physically bigger of the two teams, um, probably were able to adapt to the conditions a little bit better than, than we were. They they won the majority of the rough ball. As I said, they would once the ball hit the ground, like I said, they were that bit bigger, bigger physically bigger than we were and um they came out with it. But look, the one thing the one thing the um we're delighted with is that the girls showed absolutely enormous character. That um, they refused to be beaten yesterday, and that was the big thing. And you know, I think that's you know a win like that where you know we're not happy with the performance, we're delighted with the result. But in the manner they won the game, we couldn't be happier. Like you know, it wasn't. We've all seen games and been in all the games where you know a ball goes in from the you know a sixty-five or a forty-five last minute, and you win by a point. You know, we we scored a goal to draw level. Um, and then well, we had to get a point before that, so we hit the last three scores of the game without reply. But when we got the goal to go level, it showed brilliant character to be able to turn over the, the Tipperary puckout and uh, go up the field and score a goal or score another score. And again, we could have got another one after that. So I thought the girls showed massive character. And I suppose across the, the game from start to finish, you know, it was very, very robust. And, and certainly Tipperary hurled their hearts out and, you know, They'll have to. They'll, they'll take a lot from us. I know they they'll be gutted, but probably over the course of the game, we probably deserve, we probably shaded it, um, and I I thought we were probably slightly the better team. 
I suppose with the new format, Mike, that's there at the minute with the minor A, there's six teams in the group. Everyone plays one another in the top four, goes into the All-Ireland semi-finals. But if you lose your first game, you're obviously being put on the back foot because the games doesn't get any easier. Like your next game is away to Galway now this coming Sunday and the week after you're also away to Waterford as well. So it's vitally important to get that first win under the belt and the way in the manner that it was done will certainly please yourself and the rest of the management because, as you say, it does show great character not to die, especially when you're heading in towards the end of a game and to pull it out of the bag like he did. It certainly bowls well for the, the future for the rest of the girls. Ah, yeah, look, there's a lot of things we need to work on. Like we, I spoke to you last, I think this day last week, man, about the Leinster final. That, you know, it was a... It was a uh, you know, a very good performance rather than being a brilliant performance, and we were kind of saying that for us it was a perfect place to be because we had stuff to work with, to work on coming into Tipperary. Um, Do you mind me asking you had that had that? Sorry for cutting across you there, but just on that point, had that game got a bearing because it was so close and there was only a week in it, and it was a tough game against Dublin last weekend as well, and it's so early in the season. Did that take a lot out of the girls? To know Martin, to be quite honest, we um, we trained twice during the week. There, every every girl physically um, seems to be okay. There was maybe a couple of little knocks, bumps, and bruises, but uh, it's it's hard to know. It's, um, it, it's hard to know, and it's hard to know at this time of the year. And you know, I suppose if we didn't have that Leinster final, we probably would have been looking for a challenge game. I know there was other teams that worked in the Leinster final that played challenge games that you know the same day as the Leinster final was on. Um, it's a very good point. It's it's one that I don't know if we'll ever get um if we'll ever get a kind of a, an answer on it. Um, you know, Tipperary came; they were very hungry. Um, I, I, you know, it, it, to answer your question, it's 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 a hard one to call. Myself personally, I don't think it did. That's that's just my own my own, my own outlook on it. And as I said, things don't get any easier. Galway is up next and it's away in Galway next Sunday, probably with a 2pm throw-in as well. They had a victory over Waterford last weekend. So both of you going in uh, with victories. And as we know, they beat us in the All-Ireland semi-final last year as well. They're a very good team. No, you don't want to harp on that either. But it's a a game that, uh, you know, maybe you're better off having second and not to be waiting to go to Galway looking for a result to qualify for an All-Ireland semi-final get the games played early and hopefully the result will go your way as well at the weekend well fingers crossed Martin like the way that, and, and again like I, I don't mean to, to knock anyone that's not in the minor the minor A or the minor A say top division at the, at the moment but there is no easy games now there is no there is no games I know any any team you can't take any team for granted but there is we we know it. It's that senior level. It's that intermediate level. It's that it's that in in every level where there's maybe the top five or six teams, and then there's a golfing class from probably team six down you know you know to team seven or eight. And and that's 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 not being disrespectful. That's just saying the way it is. This year there's none of that. Like they won't. I, I know Cork had a big win over Dublin yesterday, but the other games were the other game was you know relatively close. Galway and Waterford. So you know there is no easy game. So it's 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 really about you know who adapts to the conditions, you know, and again we we spoke about in the years gone by the importance of the panel, and I think the importance of our panel really showed yesterday because it was our our substitutes that came in and, and pulled it out of the fire for us. Yeah, well, as I said, we know things are going to. 
get on top of people and with lots of fixtures coming up for all of our teams so look it was great that we had so many teams out like I had Chap Clear on earlier on there uh, Carlo had four teams out the weekend they got four victories we had four teams out three teams out the weekend we had three victories with him as well so look it was a good uh, weekend overall for teams in Carlo and Kilkenny Mike we wish you and the rest of the management team and the panel of players the very best of luck for the weekend coming and no doubt sure we might be chatting to you again next Monday depending on how we go with time uh, etc and see how the match went and hopefully you'll be letting me know that it was a victory for the Kilkenny girls Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, Martin. Thanks very much. Perfect. And thank you for holding as well for me. I know things were uh, gone a little bit skew ways on time-wise on me this evening, so really appreciate you um, taking the time out for... Fire the producer. <laughs> I can't blame the producer this time for it, to be fair. Uh, lot, lots going on here in the studios all day, so trying to find a time slot uh, today has been a nightmare. But anyway, thanks a million for uh, joining oh, me here on Come On, Kind, and uh, I'll leave the producer uh, deal with you the next time that she sees thanks a million Mike that was Mike Wall there the Kilkenny minor manager who was certainly going to be in trouble by a certain individual the next day that she sees him so Paula we know you're part of the management and we know you don't speak about it when you are part of it that's fair enough the same as on you wouldn't with the clubs Um, just talking um, about when I'm on the minor eight championship uh, the other results that was in that competition at the weekend uh, I was looking at it there Cork had a very big win over Dublin 321 to 8 points a little bit expected yeah I suppose so um, it's hard to judge I just was thinking about this today when I, I knew I was coming in I said for this particular group it's very difficult because if you think about it they played an under 16 championship a lot of them two years ago in the middle of Covid that was run off on a knockout they had two very small groups if you remember I do and then um I think it was three in each side or something like that. Um, then last year was a lot of those would not necessarily have been involved in minor panels. Um, and we don't do 17 in, in Kilkenny per se, right? Even though they, some didn't opt to get involved, you know, just with everything going on. So like there's two years of development even though they've been playing Camogie and we've gotten through club championships, how I don't know. But there's two years that has been sort of missing for all of that cohort. So it's going to be very unexpected. You don't know what the teams are going to be like. Because as you know, like, I mean, a girl that at the age of 16 can be playing at this level. And then by the time they hit 18, they're a completely different animal. Well, actually, we we even know because we've seen it with schools and colleges, etc., coming around that will say the COVID times with peers, etc. People I, are not able to communicate think, now. Yeah, well, this particular group are, are I think, got were the group that got really got hit hard. Yeah. If you look at it, do you know where I'm coming from? I know I do, and that's why I'm interested to see if there would be a study done, like about developmental wise, about how players might have felt you know mental attitude coming into games how much it took on their mental health etc like it has to be so hard it has to be hard and, and on top of that like I mean I was looking at I would have seen the Tipperary team two years ago play and then I was looking at them the other day and I recognised the names but I didn't recognise the girls it was like there was some of them that were actually now I'm not that tall I know myself I'll, I'll, I can take that on the chin but some of the girls were like they were big girls like very tall physically strong athletic and and you could see the difference. Do you know what I mean? Massively. So it was just, it's just something I think for this particular minor championship, it'll be very hard to predict things. 
You can't really base it upon form. Um, you'd have to go with Cork having won two years ago, as well as that with the way that they, the score that they put up against Dublin. Um, but then again, you have to think about it. I know there's only what well, we're it's we're out every week. I think except for there's a break there at Easter Sunday. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The weekend, but the fifteenth and sixteenth, I think before, didn't it? Yeah. I suppose I, 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 it'll be interesting. That's all I'll say. There's going to be a lot of. Um, how can I phrase it? You don't want to peak too soon. Because a lot of, I suppose, from our perspective, we would have involvement in schools and colleges. And we're still involved in schools and colleges. Because yep. with the Lourish game after being cancelled. The postponement and, last yeah. weekend, yeah. And I think that's not due to be on until maybe the middle of next week, is what I've heard. I think it's the 18th, if I'm not mistaken. This Saturday? I think so. I heard, okay. No, I don't know. Uh, again, we don't know. We no, don't know. We don't. So, um, y- you know, it's just, there's a lot of camogie after put under girls' belts because they would have only finished club and actually were probably still playing club, then playing with schools. And it's that delica- delicate balancing act for girls that you don't want to, you want to keep them fresh as possible, but at the same time, they still have to turn up at training and they still have to be seen to be present. So, like, and then there's other girls that haven't been playing that level of camogie. So it's catch-22. It's just... I don't know, it's just going to be a very interesting, but I would take none of the teams for granted. And even though Dublin lost against Cork, and even though you may have seen, say it's expected, I wouldn't be all as surprised if Dublin bounced back. And that's that's what could happen. Waterford against Galway, Waterford lost against Galway. Waterford are, of all the teams that are able to adapt to any given situation, they're very good to adapt and they will have learned from that as will all the teams and, and they'll learn from that and the next at the weekend I wouldn't be surprised if, if a different team appears out and No a and there wasn't move. much in that scoreline like I mean it was only 3-10 to 1-6 which was what 7 points only Yeah, yeah. Or 2-6 sorry 3-10 to 2-6 yeah. like, I mean, There's not a lot in between either and that's what you want if you want Camogie to be competitive at any age group it doesn't do Camogie as a whole as a body any good to have one particular county lording and, and beating everybody else home you need to have that competitive edge you need to have that in order to show our sport for the skill level that it has and how good it is and is that why the round robin series is important that you can show it because if you lose your first game would say in a shortened format so with six teams in it if they had to buy that up into two groups of three you had two games you're gone lose your first game and that's you're it you're gone that's it you're gone but even at that I would have felt prior to the match on Sunday that you needed to win that you needed to set a marker for yourself do you know what I mean that's it and like I mean you could go looking for challenge matches everywhere and anywhere but I think Chap made a very valid point you can't beat the cut and trust of championship games and of competitive games no, and it depends on who you get with the challenge game then as well because there's no point in getting a challenge game when you're going out and winning with 10 or 20 you know, points you, like. don't want to, you don't want that and like I mean I suppose it's laying it on the line it's championship hurling at its best it's what you live for it's what as a player you would have lived for as a management team you'd live for to get out there and play in the games so like I mean out again next week out the weekend after so it's it's and it gives I suppose it does show how good it will show a lot with regard to the management of players and how players across the board how teams adapt to having from one week to the next and you're going to have different types of games because you know that there's different counties play a different type of a game whether it's a running game whether it's a long ball whether it's yep. the sharp pass and so it'll be very um, 
it's, it nearly sounds like a drama. It feels like a, a six. <laughs> part one was on last weekend. Part two is like next it. weekend, and see how it goes <laughs> from there. So it's it's exciting in one way, and um, for, I suppose I would say from personal point of view, Jesus, I'm bet today, and I will be bet again next Monday again because it's it's that whole build up, and even though you're trying not to think about it. You are thinking about it and I actually think maybe man- being involved in a management team is slightly nuts because you can't really do anything about what's going on the pitch per no. se. At the end of the day, you can prepare players to the best of your ability. You can make changes and like if you make changes, you're the worst in the world. If they don't come off, if they come off, you're the best. Oh God, they're shrewd out, you know. Yeah, always so, the case. But it's just... Uh, you're damned if you do and you're damned, damned if you, you don't. don't. And it's just, you know, you just... I find the emotional investment of it and even by the girls themselves like they are like they are okay 17, 18 but they're still young enough young adults and it is a lot I suppose on that perspective for week in, week out but I suppose and then if you're thinking about the whole mental endurance and resilience as we were yeah. talking about earlier on are they prepared for that and I suppose that's something as a management team all management teams in the minor championship would have to be cognizant enough. And probably the same with regard to the under 16s when they kick off in their, in their championship um, after the Leinster championship. So it's a lot for. A lot for. Oh, Jesus, I'm really feeling the pressure already. Holy God, I think I may take a break. I'm certainly feeling the pressure, <laughs> all right. Right, we're going to move on. And we're going, as I said, we're jumping from Billy to Jack here at the minute, but we're going to move on. There was no games in the Division 1A league um, last weekend, but there was games in the Division 1B league. Uh, and Anya predicted uh, wins for Wexford and Waterford over Offaly and Antrim, respectively. And it worked out that way because Wexford had a 4 15 2 7 victory over Offaly, while Antrim uh, lost out to Waterford 15 points to 1-7 and that was an away game for Waterford in that one as well and that result means that Waterford are now guaranteed a semi-final spot no matter what happens with the rest of uh, the results they've qualified for it because there's only one game remaining in the Division 1B and they're sitting top uh, with Wexford coming in second place so anything to say on those two matches? I suppose you wouldn't be surprised, really. Like, I mean, Waterford are, are, have been there, thereabouts. Um, I suppose they, they're they're constantly bringing in players. They they have their their stalwarts there, and I mean, the work that's been done at underage in Waterford is phenomenal. I know that for a fact. So they're, you know, you feel like if they make the break at one of the age levels or somewhere along the way, that'll start a tsunami within Waterford and I yeah. mean that in the nicest in the possible nice way, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the nicest possible way is that you feel like it's like the Carla situation is that if they make the breakthrough that it will feed down to the to the lower levels because the numbers down there playing Camogie are phenomenal at the moment and like I mean Wexford seems to be on a good run at the moment uh, management team seems to settle down they seem to have a lot of new players in and I don't think I think what they're doing is just taking each game as it comes and they're going out with an attitude of, of you know if something does go wrong, instead of, you know, getting uptight about it, it's saying, OK, how can we improve this? So they're constantly aiming for improvement in any of the games that I've seen with the guard team. So, like, if they keep going the way they're going, it'll be a very interesting uh, senior championship this year. One game on the weekend coming, and that's a back game. It's between Down and Limerick. And this is an important game for both counties, really, because if Down win it, they're safe in Division 1B for another year. If they don't, they're brought into a relegation battle. If Limerick lose it, they're certainly looking down the barrel of a relegation playoff or being relegated, whichever of them is going to be in that case. So, vitally important game for both counties. But who do you see coming away with the victory in it? Do you know what? Northern teams, what I love about them is their resilience. 
when their back is to the wall, that's the time to start getting worried. Like, I mean, they do. It's that consistency that maybe with some of them, but they, like they seem to be hitting that now. But I would go with down at the moment. I would have to say that I just have a feeling. You just feel like they have the... They, they, they'll welcome the challenge of it and they have home venue for that one, don't they? So like, uh, mean, Well, there's no venue on it, but I would imagine that Down is going to be at home for it, yeah. yeah. So you'd have to go with Down. Like, you, you just feel... Now, then again, Limerick, you never know what they could what could happen there, but my gut instinct is that I'd feel with the home, if it's home venue, with Down up there and they know they have to get a result, they'll do their damnedest to get a result. And I think that's really important for them. Okay, uh, moving on to 2A because there is a couple of matches on uh, this weekend. Uh, as far as I know, there is. You're missing it for the last couple of matches, but um, the... What date have we today? The 13th. So this weekend coming. Um, yeah, there's actually a match midweek between Leash and Derry. I was trying to find out when the 15th was. So yeah, Leash and Derry, that's going ahead in the TUD Grange Gorman complex on the 15th. The 15th is Wednesday night. Um, so that's uh, a back match that's been played there. So first of all, we'll get to that one. Uh, and who's going to win that game between Leash and Derry? Good question, Martin. And I don't have my Mystic Mag, uh, Mystic Mag crystal ball in front of me. Well, like on, you know, I'm going to put your head on the chopping block and before the axe comes down, force you to pick someone. Yeah, but look, let's be honest about it. Midweek, anything can happen. It's completely out of the norm. It's a different dynamic. Midweek, you're coming from work. You're coming from college, from, from whatever. So there's a change in your normal run-up to the actual match. That's the first thing I would say, right? Um, home venues with Westmeath? Uh, no, it's a neutral venue sure, neutral because venue. it's been played in Grange Gorman in okay, Dublin. Either way, you're still going to have it's it's going to be different to what the the normal routine pre match routine. Okay, so whoever reacts to that, Leash would only lost by a point to meet. Derry have beaten Westmeath. You like. Jeez, you could flip a coin in between the two of them. I mean, Derry is sitting nicely in second place at the minute behind your native Kerry, who you've been waxing lyrical about all of last year. You're really missing for all of their performances. They're going very, very well. Um, I'm Leash, not rubbing it in, oh holy I'm God. I'm telling you. Leash, now they're going to scupper. You realise now you no, put no, the no, commentator's no, purse no, on Kerry. No, and no, I, okay, I always all say people this, from so. Kerry that are listening to the podcast, if things go wrong, it's all Martin Creechie's <laughs> fault because he put the commentator's curse. But Troy gets blamed for most things, so I mean, that, you might as well I'll add that to the list as well. Anyway, Leash is down at the bottom of the table, just one point behind Westmeath uh, with two games played only. No result coming in there because they lost the two of them. Um, so it's vitally not, important. But, yeah, but not by massive margins. They only lost by a point to Meath. And then, I know, but they're still losses and they're down at the foot of the table. So, like, they're, they're in know, a slight like bit of bother. Looking at the table, you would be saying you go with, with, with um, where am I going? Sorry, with Derry. But, again, it all depends on how they react to the situation. Like, if they come out fighting and give as good as they get, anything can happen. So that means you're going with Leash? No, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> Caesar to get a straight answer. Yeah, straight answer off me. Are you got me? Well, come on. Look, one way Der- or another. You'd have to go with Derry. Right, okay? you're going for Derry. Right, so when Derry Sorry, win Leash that game, people. then they're moving on then to the weekend and Derry won't have a game then because I'm looking at the fixture. So two games down for the 18th. Cavan is playing Meath and West Meath then is playing Leash. It's going to be tough on Leash having two games, uh, one on a Saturday or Wednesday and one at the weekend as well. But obviously with time constraints, it has to to be done so out of those two games Cavan Meath West Meath and Leash who do you see coming away with the victories? 
Good question. I don't know. It all depends on Leash's result at the weekend on, on midweek. Let's be honest about it. If they get over the midweek game and and win, that could start momentum for them. But like I mean, they have a big hill to climb there. There's no point in saying anything otherwise. They do, and that's why the the, the midweek game is very important to them. Yeah. Um. And then. Anyway, give us Kevin, Kevin and Meath first. We'll, we'll skip Leash for the minute. So Kevin is playing Meath uh, the first game there. That's the two o'clock throw-in. No venues as of yet. So can you see Kevin coming away with the victory or can you see No, you see, I, 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 I still think I'd have to go... Kevin are producing... They're getting some good results, but I, I, I'd probably would go with Meath. Okay, so you're going with Meath in that one. And the game between West Meath and Leash then depends on the little result between Leash and Derry on Wednesday evening. Mm. Right, so hypothetically, if Leash did beat Derry on Wednesday evening, who would you be going for? Then I'd probably go at Leash because they have a bit of momentum behind it. And if Leash lost the game, I'd on, be going Westmeath. Right, well, that's fair enough. That answer. It's just you can't. That game on that midweek game is going to be critical because, as I said, it's it's the, you're playing midweek. It's out of the routine. It's not like a normal weekend game where by you're following whatever you know you're coming from work. You're coming from wherever, and like I say, probably in Derry's case, they're probably most of the girls are taking a full day off in mm, order to get down. More than likely, yeah. You know, Leisha was still. You're talking about a half day in order to get up and you know to be prepared and all the rest, and not to be rushing or racing. Right, moving on then to the two B games, uh, which we have interest in because these are the second teams. So Kilkenny going well so far, but Cork and Galway is first up, and that is a home game for Cork. You'd have to go Cork at the moment. I would say I, I firmly do believe. Like I mean, um, seem to be turning out good scores. Um, seem to be solid all over the pitch. Four twenty out of one game scored so far, only conceding two points in the process. Um, looking at it, you would have to go with Cork. Okay. But then again, Tipperary managed to produce a better turnout when they played against Kilkenny. I know Kilkenny still bet them, but they were able to turn around one eight in that game so if Tipperary keep learning from you know their matches but the problem is they don't have much time left to keep learning so they have to mid-transfer that across so at the moment you'd be thinking I'll go with Cork on that OK Wexford and Kilkenny going ahead in Buffers Alley as it did last weekend as well that has a two o'clock throw in so 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 yeah, yeah pick uh, someone draw Oh, you're sitting on the fence on that one now. But look, the Kenny are going really well. They are. But well, if you think it's a draw, it's a draw. Well, you have to say it. But okay, I'm just going to say, the Kenny are going well, and and are getting the scores up. I suppose um, they seem to be bludging a lot of different players, which is they good are. too. But I suppose it's getting to the stage now. It depends on how the league has been treated as to whether the priority is to get as much exposure to players and get as many players playing as possible. Which we're being told it is. Or when you get to this stage and you start seeing, okay, we're winning games here, the goalposts could change slightly and that they would recognise, you know, do we keep change? You know, do you know where I'm coming from? But I'm sure... I was going to say something else there, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I just don't know. Um, um, look, honestly, I'm going to go with Kilkenny. So you're changing your mind from a draw now and you're going Kilkenny. with Kilkenny? Yeah. Right, Okay. 
Right. I know it's a lady's prerogative to change her mind. <laughs> and ask me in an hour's time and I could give you a different answer to all of those questions. That's very true. You're yeah, a bit like Anya because Anya would tell me one thing and then she'd come along and change it again on me. Right. Um, Carlo had a very good win, uh, as we said, with Chap uh, away to Derry at the weekend in the Minor B competition. And we like following Carlo because they're our neighbours. And obviously this is Carlo Kilkenny local radio. So we keep informed with them all. And there's three games down for decision in the Minor B competition. Uh, and obviously there was a lot of these games or, or teams that played like Kildare and Westmeath played in the Leinster final the week before uh, it was a draw after extra time and wouldn't you notice there was only a point in the difference uh, last weekend as well in the All-Ireland competition Westmeath again coming away with that victory 2-6 to 1-8 nothing really in it um, I suppose the result that really stands out there though is Roscommon and Leash with Roscommon coming away with a 2-8 to 1-8 victory um, against Leash so great for the Rossies that you know they're going so well in the, the competition well, they just seem to be, there's a big revival up there. There seems to be a lot of work being done by them. And like, I mean, if you put in the work at underage level, it's going to start filtering through. And that's that's where I'm talking about from, you know, under sixes all the way up. And they're putting in the effort and eventually it will bear fruit. And I suppose if you've got people and coaches that are committed to it and seen to the development of players and looking at the bigger picture, because I suppose a lot of counties forget at times that when they're looking at teams, and, and they go for a short range plan whereas if you go for the long range plan you can see you know it's not you're not going to get results today or tomorrow it's going to be maybe five, six, seven, eight years down the line so that's why I'm not one bit surprised that uh, Roscommon are getting where they're getting and I, and I do believe they're firmly going to push on from there Right okay the weekend games then has Kildare against Leash um, as we say Kildare and Leash coming off the back of uh, defeats Each 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 says I Each so who's going to win this game? Can you see a winner or a draw? Up to you. Mm, um, a lot of work being done in Kildare as well. There is. Um, actually, there's a gentleman from, originally from Ballyhale Shamrocks, I think, is the manager of the Kildare team, the minor team, as far as I know. All right. Um, and, um, like... As I look at it, like they had some love, and I've seen them play, and they have some lovely hurlers. Um, Leash, I, I suppose it depends on the impetus there. But do you know what? I, I'm actually going to go with Kildare on this one. Okay, as we said, our neighbours Carlo going very well with a good win over uh, Derry in the first game. They are coming up against Westmeath. It's a home game for them on Sunday. So can they keep momentum going and become two out of two? I actually think they can. I think the bounce will be there. Um, it's a nice trek down from Westmeath to Carlo. Home vantage is going to have a big impetus on that. And the girls seem to be going well in Carlo, um, gelling together and obviously must be feeding off the results of the uh, junior team. So that's all good. Uh, and then the last one then in that one is Derry versus Ross Common home game for uh, Derry so the Rossies having to travel up to the Derry girls in that one Derry coming away with a defeat to Carlo Rossies on a win so again like Carlo can the Rossies keep momentum and the going Rossies played leash in leash didn't they uh, the Rossies was away as well in the first game yeah. yeah so like I mean they won't fear anything going up there they will not fear it at all um, so like but then again, Jerry will be a bit sore over that loss to Carlo. Like, I mean, if you look at it, it's 15 scores to 10. 
but Carlo were able to get the goals. Uh, yeah, well, goals always win matches. Goal it's an old matches. cliche, but, yeah, but you know, I'm it just comes saying, if, you look at, if you look at it score-wise, you got 15. So I'm going to go, as much as I like the Rossies, I'm going to go with Derry because I think there'll be a little bit of bite on them after losing the first round. All right, okie-dokies. Well, that uh, concludes the minor and the adult competitions. Right, we're going to move things a little bit. And the last November, we had Tommy Farrell uh, on. Uh, oh, there was, I can't because there's Division 1. We'll come back to the Division 1 a games because you'll have to predict them but I have somebody waiting on the phone and it is the new development officer for Kilkenny Camogie and that is Tommy Farrell from the Blacksham Heights Club Tommy good evening good sir how are you good and yourself can't complain at all at all you're in as the development officers and there is loads of development work being done at the minute but uh, I am going to pass off this interview for the minute because we also have another person on the development committee that's here with us and that is Paula Dowling and Paula you're going to do the interview for me because you know all about what's happening in the development end of things so yourself and Tommy can have a conflab there you're more than welcome Mrs Murphy Tommy, how are things? Uh, all right, Paula. Long time no here. I know, I know, I know. I suppose it's been an interesting year for you. You've stepped into the development role and um, uh, how are you finding it so far? Yeah, it's busy, obviously. Um, I suppose to getting up to speed with all the different initiatives and just, you know, but <clears throat> I suppose the more, you know, he's, I'm getting through him now, I suppose, and it's the picture is getting clearer, I suppose, yeah. So look, it is busy, but we're getting there. And I, I suppose one of the things that you, we've, you've been involved in I suppose to date would be the goal games which seems to be very popular with the clubs at the moment Yeah um, like we had a good response to that we've had support the clubs there looking for teams to take part in the half-time initiatives during the Kilkenning Intermediate um, adult matches and I, we had over 22 I think it was clubs came back looking to take part and so far like um, two weeks ago we had Kilkenny and Galway in Nolan Park and Clare and eight teams took part there and um Coming up next now, we have uh, next weekend in Nolan Park, and we have the Kenny Cork um, senior games. So we have another four teams there with St. Vincent from Cork coming up to take part with three Kenny teams. So it's great, yeah. And um, I suppose in your role as development officer, uh, is there anything that you'd really like to see achieved in the coming year? Um, there's probably um, one thing in particular, I suppose, we're working on, and as you know yourself, is um, we're trying to maybe into a partnership there with with Waterford and Carlow universities just um, you know maybe looking at the likes of student placement and maybe getting into the into the colleges maybe to feed off of their, their expertise I suppose and the, the, um, the facilities they have as well so that's something that's ongoing there at the moment Let's dwell on that a small little bit Tommy so the partnership between the SETU Waterford and obviously SETU Carlow is they obviously have sport rec management and other sports courses going along including nutrition S&C coaches etc so to tap into that potential um, which is basically on our doorstep because the two of them are neighbouring us anyway I mean is an invaluable asset to have and it's great to be able to get in there and I know that uh, Paul was down in SETU Waterford um, a couple of weeks ago involved in the, the promotion of getting someone up to do a bit of coaching so how important is it that we get that experience into the clubs to help them with either coaching for the coaches themselves or to get a coaching for the players themselves and develop more uh or to develop the players more to get them would say up to county standard when they come in then to the likes of the under fourteens or the under sixteens. Yeah, there's a lot like there's a lot going on with um like when you're when you go when you talk to the people in Water and Carlow, I suppose what comes back from it is they're that's a two way street like they want to feed off of us as well. 
So they're they're hoping now if we do get to take students under our wing that they'll be able to, you know, as one of them said to me, learn from all the top teams in the country. So, you know, the, the, if they're able to see the likes of the Brian Downs in action of these people, um, you know, as female sport at the top level, I suppose. And as far as from our own point of view, like, I mean, for development squads and, and things like that, something that we haven't done yet would be the likes of sports analysis. And, um, you know, the strength and conditioning is OK. That we're, we're moving along with that. But I suppose it's going to be a continuity, continuance with it. Like, you know, that's, we have something going forward that's sustainable that's from one year to the other and not, you know, just we do it this year and it drops off next year. With uh, if, we, if we do partner with the colleges, it'll, it'll mean, like, you know, that we have a continuous supply of talent coming in from, from the colleges, like, which would be great. I'm always playing devil's advocate. Are we putting too much pressure on players like that when we're going down the road of analysis or, you know, GPS systems and nutritionists at this stage? Or is this the way that the future is going with the players that we need to start them earlier and younger and get them, you know, eating properly when they come in, doing their strength and conditioning, their fundamental movements about recovery and how to prevent injuries, etc. Is that the road forward that everybody seems to be going down the road at the minute? Well, like, I suppose uh, the, the key board you didn't do is there is player born out. Like, I mean, all these things are to benefit to benefit in life as well as sport. Like, I mean, you know, whether it's the, um, the nutrition or whether it's, you know, just preparing them for what's ahead of my suppose. And still, they'll see early on then what it takes to be a top athlete. But, like, the, the, the key thing here is that, you know, we're not born out players as well. Like, we're just preparing my suppose um, for other things besides sport as well. Like, you know what I mean? It was actually interesting, Tommy, it was something we had a little discussion about was with regard to um, injuries and injury prevention. Would it be, you know, player retention and injury prevention are sort of two things that we have discussed a lot. And and all of the research to date with regard to cruciate ligament injury has been based around male injuries and male athletes. And um, which I didn't realise and we're, I didn't realise at the time we were just talking about it with some of the guys down in SCTU. And I find it, that strange because it seems to be that there's more females that's exactly, getting ACL injuries. Which I didn't realise is that it's also linked to hormones and, and, and women and how the monthly cycles and all this kind of thing. So it's something that as players is that there's a certain your diet has to be linked to that in that in order to balance things out and to know and I suppose it's been able to, the days of being able to go out and play a game uh, with a leg half hanging up, it doesn't work anymore. Like you have to listen to your body. If you've got an ache or pain, it's happening for a reason, not just for the crack of it, if you know what I mean. Now, yeah. when, when Tommy was playing, he probably played with half a leg and arm and a head hanging off and kept going. <laughs> but like, <laughs> some say he still does. Are you playing this year, Tommy? I will talk about that later. No, no, I haven't committed yet. Oh, yes. Did like he, did say yes. he did, he did say, say yes. He did say yes. I'd like to commentate on that match if, the, if it is going on. I have to say, I'd like to commentate on that one. But I suppose getting back to it, it's, it's something that we, I suppose as a development group, hadn't even thought of. And that's something that you need to be mindful of, that you need to be aware of, that you have to have certain vitamins and be maintaining your protein levels and your diet if you are. And, and there are training like serious, these, like at, at senior level, you're training like a professional athlete at times. You know, you're most of the time with the, with the, the workload and, and the use of muscles and energy and everything like that. So that's all stuff that I think you had highlighted with this Tommy as well. Am I right? Yeah, like, I mean, and we, we formed a new development committee there this year as well and I suppose we, we kind of handpicked some of the people we brought in, just one of them offhand is Paul or Mick, Mul- Mick Muldowney. And Mick runs um, a, a clinic called The Core, and he's, he's I suppose he specialises in um, injury prevention. And 
like Mick is and Mick and other Phil and our committee now Paul Ford are going off and they're, they're hopefully putting some sort of a programme in place to, to look at um, you know female related um, workshop where you know um, so we can you know do kind of a a coaching workshop based around warm up that will help with injury prevention in female you know in the camogie like you know what I mean for, for young athletes like you know um, but look at that and that's an ongoing initiative too um, on the development committee there but it's definitely something even on our our WhatsApp group there you'll see it Paul as well like that there's, there's an awful lot of people sending in articles into the, the group regarding the the, the crucial ligaments in female sport in female athletes like so it is a serious issue as well, yeah. Yeah, it certainly is, and I would like to see further study being done in it because obviously something has to be amiss somewhere along the line, whether it's the coaching or the players not warming up properly or not having injury prevention themselves. But yeah, certainly needs further uh, investigation into it. Tommy, no doubt we'll be keeping an eye on all things development uh, coming up because I know that you will have the under 13 academy starting shortly that will be sent out to the clubs, and that's always a, a great occasion for clubs and for coaches to get them involved as well but for the likes of the coaches that's out there obviously you're always looking for coaches who have previously done level 1 or level 2 coaching courses within their clubs to get involved with the counties as well um, so would that be right you're always looking for help and volunteers yeah <clears throat> and the garden the under 13 academy there Paul is going to be spearheading that there now and, and that is starting up on the 22nd of April so she, um, I, I think Paula, if you want to jump in on that one there, she, I think she roped in some of the the adult or the intermediate girls as well. Is that right, Paula? Yeah, we're trying to just get, I suppose it's important um, at that age group that because under 13 is aimed at all players, regardless of their age, of their ability and skill, it's about getting them in and getting them to see, you know, what they need to practice on. And the other thing is that we encourage coaches to come in as well and to observe and pick up some tips along the way. So it's it's peer learning at all uh, both for players and um, also for the, the coaches as well and it's trying to get a little bit of payback I suppose there's uh, girls that have been involved in minor panels before that are coming in to give a hand and I suppose it's good that they have see a different face because if they're seeing all of the same parents all the t- or all the same coaches all the time it, it, they need a fresh face because sometimes you can be telling them until they're blue in the face I think at club level and they're not going to take it on board whereas if you hear a different face saying it it makes a fierce difference. And I suppose it's really good as well as that we're sort of encouraging that um, to get people involved that don't necessarily have a child involved with that age group because it just allows the girls to feel more relaxed and to enjoy it, you know, that kind of thing, that they don't have to worry about who's there. And if coaches do come in for another club, we try not to put those coaches with their own club, that they can actually move over to somewhere else. And they'll be doing a lot of it as observing and learning by doing, do you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, certainly well done to everyone involved for all of your initiatives. Tommy, have to say, well done on all of the stuff that's going on in the background. He's, he's not bad for a South Kilkenny man, really, is he? Oh, uh, no, see, I'm not getting involved in that debate whatsoever because... <laughs> Uh, we're, yeah. we're trying to decide whether Skiak is north or south Kenny. Technically, I think it's an independent banana republic, but sure, you know, not to offend. I'm, I'm, I'm saying nothing here on this one, right? You're dead right, Tommy, and I'm the same, <laughs> and I'm going to. And no, he doesn't what he can. I'm going to bid you good night and thank you for coming on before you start giving out to me as well. <laughs> I, I'll, take, I'll take it up where we're off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and the producer are both in trouble tonight. It's getting oh. very hot and heavy God in here. God almighty. <laughs> 
Right, we have a lot to get through. Tommy, thanks a million for joining me on the Come On Kind podcast tonight. You're a brave man. I'm telling you one thing, I'm stuck in the middle of these two here and uh, I don't know whether I'm going to get out alive or not this evening. But anyway, thanks a million. Well done on all the, the work that you have done in the background so far. Tremendous. Um, and no doubt that you'll be flying at it by the end of the year and have plenty of more initiatives and that coming up. Um, and we wish you the very best of luck with it. Thanks, Martin. Talk to you soon. Perfect. Thanks a million, Tommy. That was Tommy Farrell there, the Kilkenny Camogie Development Officer, having a chat. And sure, they can have the banter because obviously Paula is the registrar on the county board as well. And they're always nearly having banter with one another, which is great because meetings are never dull. I can tell you that much. Right, we're moving on to the Division 1A games because there is games down for decision before I move into the late interviews that we have as well. Um, there is three games down for decision. We are obviously playing Cork as a curtain raiser to the Waterford and Kilkenny uh, Alliance Hurling League game. It is in UPMC Nolan Park. It has an early throw-in, 11.30am for those of you who are travelling to the game in Kilkenny over the weekend but can Kilkenny keep momentum going after their first win last weekend uh, against not last weekend the weekend before against Dublin can they keep it going against Cork Do you know what I was just thinking about this um, obviously I've, I have too much time to think I think sometimes um, and you know I'm looking at the Kilkenny team and how many of those players were involved with club fixtures how many involved with the Ashburn Cup there's a lot of games after being played there and I suppose it's hard to get that momentum after the high of the All-Ireland then straight back into club games then you're getting knocked out and it's to build up and get that momentum going again. Now I think the match on Sunday will be very close. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for anyone. Um, I just have a feeling that Kilkenny are starting to start to motor. The train has Come started. right a little bit. Yeah. And, and do you know what? I do firmly believe, even if it's not the most outstanding display, it's the work rate. If the work rate is there, they can they can they can pull it out of it. Definitely, do think that they they have a, a very strong chance of winning it. Well, and, they certainly have. I mean, Kilkenny and Cork always bring out the best in one another. The the games are nearly always classical. It's yeah. going to be another one, I'd say, the weekend. I, I don't know if it's going to be a class. I think it could be actually quite a tough game. I think it could be, uh, like at this stage of the season, depending on the weather, that's the other factor that comes into play. It could be quite a, a tight game and physically very tight, if you know what I mean. In yeah. that there'll be no quarter given no, no. or taken on that level, you know. No. There um, was none given against Dublin the last day, I can tell you. And while the, the quality may not have been the, the best, but uh, I do have to say that game is Sunday because there is other games on Saturday, but that game is Sunday yeah. um, at half eleven. But now the other thing is that it'd be really important is that Kilkenny people go and show they're they're, they're yeah. all Ireland champions. Kilkenny are existing all Ireland champions. They're playing their match in Kilkenny before the Waterford Kilkenny game if people cannot be bothered to go and support these girls it's all well and good waxing lyrical and saying this but that why would you pay money to go to a match for a double header and only go to one when you could get two great games that could potentially be there on Sunday like it doesn't make sense if you're oh, going to doesn't. go for one you might as well go for the two and the thing is lads is that we have to remember um, Camogie is, is the female version of hurling yep so I'd be talking to all of our female listeners especially now male go no problem but like I mean the number of people that will be involved in Camogie that will appear for the second match and won't be there for the first match that's what will be the disappointing thing we all need to get out there and support both teams and both teams should be equally supportive I'm not being prejudiced towards male no, or female no, no. I like the men as much as anybody else you know and it's about having both teams out there 
and supporting the boat and give them 110%. So, like, I mean, I just have a feeling that Kilkenny are starting to click. Just starting to click. So I'm going to give them the win. Okie dokes. Uh, we'll move to the day previous then and Galway and Dublin is the first game. Dublin uh, down at the foot of the table at the minute. Um, they put up a very good showing against Kilkenny the last day. Didn't probably get their just rewards out of it. Kilkenny were probably the better team on the day as well. But, I mean, Galway are going very well. Uh, well, they, they kind of are as well. I suppose they, they lost their um, the first game to Tipperary, which was probably a bit of a shock for a lot of people. But... Cahal Murray has a huge headache because the Intermediates uh, won the championship last year so he's obviously trying to blend a small bit of players in to find new players it's, as it's well. It's sort of maddening. It's a bit it mad. Is. Like I know it happened to us a couple of years ago but you, whereby you're losing however many you're players. Basically lo- you have 60 players that's eligible for senior only and that's about it. Like the rest of them can't play Intermediate. Like I mean it's, it's a little bit mad whereas you'd be thinking even if they said that the players that were involved in playing on the day or got game time on the day, even if it was limited to that. Are you allowed to regrade the others? I don't know. Uh, well, there's criteria for regrading, etc. But um, it depends. If you're part of the 30, I don't think you can, unless you played no game time. But then again, you have to look to be regraded, etc. Now, I hope I'm right in saying that, but there there is different criteria it's just, it's just, involved. It's very in hard it. for yeah. players. Like, I mean, you know, after committing, like... You'd love to be able to push on and and see where you'd go next. But like, I mean, if you already have X, Y and Z number of players, you probably have an extended panel of more than 30 on the senior panel. There's a lot of them players like are not going to get any game time at all at senior level. Let's be realistic about it. Well, then it's catch 22, isn't it? It is. So but what be, do you do? Like, I mean, But you're getting you're, punished for your own success. Yeah, but if, I, I, I can understand it to a way. Like if you're after winning a championship and you have teams that's coming behind you, um, especially at intermediate level so you have the likes of Meath and you know etc that's looking at these and they say well Galway won a championship last year like why is it fair that them players are then eligible to play then somebody will start throwing out oh we'll divide the county in half and yeah, play so one East County Galway and West County don't oh. start that now at all, at all. I'm telling you now just, <laughs> just, just I know, don't I just feel for the players because if you're playing Camogie you want to be playing at the highest you level you yeah. can play and like I mean it's a hard decision as well in that you know, for the manager, it's a difficult decision. But as well as that, you know, it's okay if you've got, you know, if yourself and the the intermediate manager or junior manager are on the same page. But if you're not on the same page, there could be players that weren't playing junior that you would have liked to have, and may pull them in off a panel, off another panel, and end up playing with your intermediate, say for example. Well, I'm going to put a controversial question to you now. Jeez, smart. Should teams? especially with teams with two in it, should they have be allowed to play two teams at their grade? Like, as in, Galway have two teams at senior level and they have Galway 1 and Galway 2. So again, they have to have the separate panels. The team that won the intermediate go up there, Galway 2. The Galway 1 is there to be the same as if Kilkenny was there. Like, should it be allowed at this stage? Is there a pros or cons to you it? see, if you do that right you're you're getting to the stage whereby you're not really doing anything for the development of other counties and I know you're going to turn around and say well other counties need to get their house in order and that's fine but maybe we need to look at at like our ruling at the moment is is that once you're of the age of 16 
Is it 17? 17 that they can play? Uh, it's over 17, it is. They're looking to yeah. change it, I think, over at Congress. 70, yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, that's that's one step towards if it goes to 18-year-olds because then you're not... But then that's catching the smaller counties who don't have that level of player. But then maybe we all, as association, or, I don't know, people, all of us, me, you, whoever, we need to look at maybe about retention of players because... And the problem is, is that with with the female of the species, you end up like um, stuff happens. You have children, you have this, that and the other work commitments, academia, whatever. And you do have a lot of, of you know, falling by the wayside. So I'm trying to look at this and I'm wondering, is there any way whereby, you know, you see in hurling clubs whereby they'll have their adult team, then they could have a junior B, junior C, junior E or whatever. Right. They'll have maybe three adult teams. Um but that doesn't seem to happen in Camogie. Like, I mean, I suppose we're looking at Kenny, there's a couple of clubs that will have fielding two teams. But otherwise, we don't have that. And I suppose that's by virtue of family commitments, of work commitments, or, or different stuff like that. And people, once they step away from the game, they're not inclined to come back. And maybe that's something we need to look at, or everybody needs to look at, and sort of say, okay, how can I keep players playing? And, and I suppose that, that's definitely homework for the next day when we have you all in studio and a, a good debate oh don't get yeah because I, I just have a thing that, like that 14 year old cohort once they go into secondary school and then the fall off from roughly about 16, 17, 18 it just you'd love to see girls stay in pro, as I see as I keep saying it's a passport for life bring a hurl with you anywhere and I'm telling you somebody will walk up and talk to you right anyway uh, sorry I got sidetracked there so <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the victory. You're going for Galway in it. Right. Yes. I'm conscious of time now as well on this. So uh, Tipperary and Clare is uh, the next one. It's in the rag. It's a home game for Tipperary. Again, they're sitting nicely. Uh, second place at the minute below Cork with two wins from three games. Can they make it three from four? She'd have to go from three from four at the moment. Look at the way they have been playing. But then again, Clare... Like, I mean, there were only four points in between Galway and Clare. That's all. You know, there wasn't a lot in it. Okay, there was a little bit more in between Cork and Clare. But, like, I mean, it, it all depends. There's a lot of work being done at underage down in Clare, and there has well, been. there's not much between second, third, fourth, and fifth. Like, there's only three points separating from two to fifth. So, like, I mean, you'd have to go for Tipperary, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking here and Clare have gotten the upper hand on tip. Well, you never know. We will have to wait and see until we do the next recording. Right, as I said, I promised you um, an interview coming up. So, we are going to have an interview with Kate Nolan. We were talking with Peter Chap Clear earlier on. So, Kate and myself had a conflab earlier on this afternoon, and this is what Kate had to say to myself. Kate, good afternoon. How are you? Good. No, thank you. How are you? I can't complain at all at all. Thanks be to God. Great to have you here on Come On Kind with us uh, this evening. First time, hopefully won't be the last time either. Um, but yeah, I, I just said that you have been announced as the captain. You obviously have a new manager up there as well, Kilkenny man Peter Chap Clear. So first of all, you must be delighted about being announced as captain. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely over the moon. Um, when, I, when I was told that I was captain, I was... It was like all my Christmas came at once. Um, I've been playing now for Carlo for a number of years um, and to captain Carlo is an absolute honour. Um, I captained it a couple of years ago but unfortunately due to COVID the year was cut very short. I think we only got um, halfway through the league. So look, it's it's an absolute brilliant honour for me. Um, I love talking out for Carlo and I love playing for Carlo um, and being captain I suppose is just a cherry on top but um, 
as the old saying going, you're only as good as people around you. So, but I'm very happy to be leaving out such a, a great bunch of players and on behalf of management as well. Brilliant. Since the year of 2016 when you won the Premier Junior the same year as Kilkenny fabulous weekend all round for the Kilkenny Carlow region things have been a little bit barren uh, since then on the county front but with the new management gone in place this year there seems to be a bit of a, an upsurge and, and a bit more belief in the team this year what has Chap brought to the setup as a, a new manager going in this year? Yeah like um, there's Chap is probably one of the most positive people I've ever met my whole entire life. Um, I know even when I got the first phone call, um, when Chap rang me just to invite me into county, you know, I actually came away from that that phone call um, very positive. And actually, um, my mind was nearly made up for me there. And then when I was speaking to him, look, Chap is Chap is like a breath of fresh air. He's brilliant. He's so positive. Um, also has a great knowledge of Camogie. Um, and a great knowledge of um, how to bring the team together. You know, it's, it's just, it seems now that it's clicking for us this year um, and Chap has a lot to do with that and so does the rest of the management. But um, look, Chap's a great, he's brilliant and in every walk of life, his job and everything. So um, yeah, look, we're, we're delighted to have him. I'm delighted to, to be playing underneath him and um, he's very good. Um, there's a very good link there between Chap and the players um, and he listens to us and we listen to him so yeah it's, it's going really well um, Chap is just he's brilliant there's no other way to describe him really I suppose no person can have a county team without having your club first um, and anyone will tell you that and I suppose in a way you've been fortunate enough to be playing with a club in Carlo that has been very successful and that is of course Moishal um, and I'm just looking down through here already you've amassed we think about 14 or 15 senior club championship medals with Moishal Kate for one individual that is a phenomenal record to have and still going I may add Yeah me and Kira Quirk we started playing senior Kogi uh, the same year so every year we have this conversation we only had a zero night dinner dance and much dinner dance how much medals we had yeah look it's, um, I suppose lucky I, I walked onto a team that were already very very successful um, and I just became part of that I suppose very naturally um, and look it's I suppose when, when the team was going so well as it was it was easy for, for Kira and I to fit in and it's been easy for the girls to fit in since but Look, it's, it is a great record. I won't I won't sit here and say that it's not, but I suppose there's there's many there's a lot of women out there that have many more and still going. Tara Wilson still going, Mary Dyle still going, um, and there's women that have recently retired that have more. But look, it's a phenomenal achievement, and there's no two ways about it. Um, up through the ages, there's been very very committed women, and I think sometimes. Um, people look at the record and they kind of think, "Geez, that's brilliant," but I think it kind of forget that the work that actually goes into it. Um, it's like it's day in, it's day out, and there's been a couple of years there with my shooter. We've kind of been playing nearly two or three years in a row. Um, you know, you might finish up for a couple of weeks, but then it's time to start back again. But look, I love my club and I love my shooter, and I was very, very, um, I'm very lucky to be in the position that I got to represent my at such a high level when a lot of people don't. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah, and just consider myself very fortunate that I walked onto into such a great club.
They have a great tradition of camogie um, and winning championships in all Ireland's as well. They have two junior club uh, titles to their name, one All-Ireland Intermediate title, several Leinster titles around. I suppose last year was a, a little bit disappointing for yourselves. You came up again, James Stevens of Kilkenny in the Leinster final. It was an absolute cracker played above in Kildare on... A lovely sunny day, but by God, was it bitterly cold that day. But uh, I suppose the result didn't go year away. Um, but still, how did you feel the, the year went for Michael overall? Yeah, it was a good year. Um, Brendan Hayden was over us last year, um, along with Mary and and Red and all of you in the studio. It was a good year. Look, where we, I suppose, for, for a long time, I was always one of the youngest on the team, and I'm transitioning now into being one of the oldest. So that kind of just goes to show that we've so many new girls coming on um, and we've had a couple of retirements. But look, to get to Leinster finally to intermediate level um, for such a small club like Michael, like our membership even levels are, are quite low. It's just the type of club that we are and the type of area that we cover. Um, so look, it was a fantastic achievement to to say that you're playing um, the likes of James Stevens and stuff like that in the Leinster final is brilliant. And look, we were well worthy of our place there, you know, Um it was it it was disappointing. I won't lie. It was very disappointing. You know, obviously our sights were set on on winning Leinster once we got past the county. Um, but look, you live you live and you learn. Uh, it's all a learning curve, and um, and we will learn loads from it. Um, sometimes, while basically disappointing, it's it's a great way to to learn of what needs to be changed next year. And I know Brendan is is already on that uh, train for us. But um, look, what can I say? Jen Stevens are a great side. Um, and we'll go again this year and I can assure you that the same amount of work and even more we put into it this year um, it's brilliant and especially having girls in with county it's, it's great to have such a level of involvement and Mogi really it will be a force to recommend in Michelin and Carlo this year I have no doubt that Carlo and Kenny will be renewing rivalries at some time during the yeah. club championships later on and you never know it could be Michelin it definitely won't be James Stevens anyway because they are gone out of the grade now but it will probably be uh, another Kilkenny team that we always look forward to Carlo Kilkenny battles because they are so legendary um, and as we see from the last day as well in that Leinster final it surely was Clubs and counties obviously need great leaders and you are a great leader on the field. We've been watching you for so many years now, Kate. Um, I suppose that transition from being a leader on the field to now leading from the front and being the captain of the Carlo team obviously comes with enormous pressure. Maybe pressure is a too strong a word, but there's certainly a responsibility that's there. But it doesn't seem to be phasing you because Carlo's two league games already, you put up some nice scores the first day against Louth, the second day against Ross Common. Um, you're now playing Wicklow as well at the weekend. So things are progressing nicely along for yourself. Um, I know it's early days yet and we wait and see when we go into the championship, but how much of a... I won't use the word burden, but... Um, how stressful is it being the captain of a county team? It's it's not. It, it, well, at the moment, it, it hasn't been too stressful. Um, and the, the reason being for that is just that there really is other natural leaders on the pitch. Um, like when you've girls stepping up and talking like Michelle Nolan, Claire Kirk, Eleanor Tracy, Anna Breen. Like it's, it's very, it's, I suppose... Girls aren't afraid to speak up if there's points that need to be um, that need to get get across or whatever. But I suppose 
look, I've, I suppose naturally as a position of centre-back, you're kind of in a position where you're able to lead naturally anyway. Um, so I've been kind of been used to, to shouting and curling and telling them what to do. Um, much to their dismay, I'd say. But I suppose I've kind of always played that role, um, just naturally being a centre-back and, and making calls and stuff, um, as I can see what's going on ahead of me. But uh, look, to be honest with you, Mark, I, I'm just so honoured and privileged to Captain Carlo that um, I'll never see it as a burden. I really won't. Um, and even since I've been named as captain, you know, it's, it's lovely that to get players and, you know, retire players in Manchester and to actually say congratulations. It's just, it really for me, and I, I know it's probably a cliche, but it, it really is an honour. Um, um, but like, I, I'll, I'll take it very seriously and, and hopefully I'll keep up the shouting and the leadership throughout the year. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm very honest. There will be a lot of girls that will agree with me now with me shouting on the pitch, but uh, I suppose it's a, it's a necessary evil if you want to get the job done, you know. Exactly, it's all done in good spirit and for the betterment yeah. of the team as well. Yeah. I suppose, I can't leave you go, you put yourself into this age bracket now, I certainly haven't, but since you've claimed to be one of the older people on the team and on the panel now, you've been there when you went in when you were younger, you've seen how Camogie has progressed along over the years. Where do you stand on the, the news of the integration um, and the process that Mary McAleese is going through at the minute uh, and how beneficial or how good can this be for Camogie to have the three associations um, brought in under the one umbrella? Um, I've, I've probably had the, the same outlook from the start that I ever had and I think it will be, it's definitely a step forward, I think, for um, for everybody involved. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's, it's a really a no-brainer for me um, that the three associations would would amalgamate. Um, when when you're looking at resources and you're looking at the amount of resources that can be put into the game, um, on at the different at both levels, I suppose it, it's a no-brainer. And um, look, the GA is so well established to this stage that, um, and along with the Camogie, but I suppose it, w- it would be great to get in there. So I think it would be a, a great integration, um, and it would definitely benefit benefit Camogie if, if it could happen um, look Camogie even by the the, nat, the numbers that you have been called back every year Camogie's doing a great and unbelievable um, job of promoting the game and I suppose if you could integrate that into GA if they have the resources and stuff it, I think it's a it's a, you're hitting the jackpot so hopefully in, in the next in the next couple of years you might see something like that um, so yeah we'll see I, I think it's a very positive move for Camogie so hopefully yeah, hopefully it's right, fingers crossed. Kate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us on Come On Kind here this evening. As I said earlier, it is your first interview with us. It won't be your last interview, no doubt. We certainly wish you the very best of luck for the remainder of the league and for the championship. Uh, I know we have Chap coming on later on with us as well, so we look forward to hearing his side um, from a different point of view. But, uh, yep, to yourself and all the rest of the Carlo girls, the very best of luck for the rest of the year and no doubt that we will be chatting to you again further on down the line. Martin, thank you so much for having me on and, and giving Carlo Camogie the airtime. Very much appreciate it. Not at all. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was the great Kate Nolan, team captain from Carlo, having a chat there to myself and really appreciate her taking the time out this afternoon to have a chat with me. I was busy this afternoon because also we like to go around the county and the countries and uh, talk to different players. And we had a very special lady who had a very interesting story with a very nasty injury who plays with Armagh. And I caught up with Rachel Merry, who is a member of the Armagh 
our panel and she had a discussion with me about a very serious hamstring injury. So let's have a listen. So it's been a, a busy occasion uh, for yourself. Obviously, you are playing with um, Armagh. You uh, have been, were playing in the All-Ireland final last year. Unfortunately, a defeat to Wexford, second loss in a row but that's not going to stop you you're going to come back strong in 2023 and hopefully fingers crossed for you that you can get over the line is that the plan? Yep that's the plan that's the main goal for this year definitely to get that Premier Junior title we've sort of been chasing it now for the last number of years so hopefully we'll get over the line this year You had an nasty injury going back in August of 2021 and I think for most people that have picked up this injury either they've never picked up a hurl before or kicked a football or whether it be soccer or anything that way so first of all do you want to tell us uh, the game that you were playing in and you might let our listeners know exactly the extent of the injury that you did pick up because it was nasty enough Rachel um, Yeah so it was just back in August 21 um, it wasn't actually a championship game or anything it was just a challenge match that we had organised um, in the lead up to a, the All Ireland quarter final, I think it was. Um, I just simply sort of slipped to going for a ball, and it just resulted in after the MRI that my hamstring was four centimeters off the bone. What so, kind yeah, of re- required surgery? What kind of a reaction when you're in either a doctor's surgery or you're with a, a consultant or a specialist or whatever it is, and they tell you the extent of the injury when you hear something like that? What's going through your brain there and then? Uh, it's just sort of heartbreaking because you know that's your your season ended, um, and then the first thing you're thinking about is how long it takes to get back and how long you're actually going to be out for, and then you suppose you realise what matches you're about to miss as well. And um, so we were actually going really well that year. We that we did get to Croke Park that year as well, but I knew but that yeah it was over for me at that point. So it's not even a championship game to make it worse. You're preparing for an All-Ireland quarter-final or so. You have matches to prepare for them. You're coming up in it. You get injured. Um, did the consultant or a doctor, when you were there in that room and he told you the extent of the injury, did he give you any indication of how long that this recovery or rehab was going to be and how long that potentially you were going to be on the sideline for? Yeah, so whenever I got the MRI results back, he sort of took me in and said that... Um, not many people actually come back from it, but that I was looking at at least a year to get back on the pitch. Um, so that was pretty heartbreaking, but I actually managed to get back in about seven months. I know, I can't believe it. And when your mum told me that as well, because I actually met her in Carlo last year um, at one of the Premier Junior games that you were down playing Carlo in Fenna. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you came on as a sober that day as well and scored five points. Three of them were unbelievable. Uh, I couldn't understand why you weren't starting in the first place, but that's completely a different story altogether. Um, but she was telling me the extent of the injury, like, and I was completely flabbergasted to say that you were after coming back so quick. But give us a rundown of your rehab, because obviously... Were you doing it on your own? Had you anyone else that was recovered and with the Armagh team that was there and, you know, that you can do it in pairs or whatever? Because you know yourself, if it was uh, on your own, it's a lonely journey trying to do re- uh, rehab or recovery. Yeah, no, so it was a very long road. I think that match I was actually, I was only back maybe like a month or so. So I was probably just easing myself in at that point in the Carlo game. But um, the rehab was very lonely because whenever... Because I done it in August, 
had my surgery maybe a couple of weeks later. Um, you were then hitting the winter months when I was fully back sort of in the gym doing a lot of, you kind of had to do it by yourself. It wasn't something you could even go to a gym or have personal training with. It was all very basic stuff. You kind of had to teach yourself how to walk again nearly because I would have been in a big massive leg brace and then you're in that for about six weeks or maybe three weeks and then you're teaching yourself how to walk again and maybe just doing the simplest exercises in the gym. So the first um, month or so, um, you're pretty much by yourself. I don't think I got sort of help with my rehab until about three months in. Apart from your regular physiotherapy appointments, they sort of keep you on the straight and narrow to make sure you're following it and hitting your right targets and things. But no, I was just very meticulous with it. Um, I did it every day because I just wanted to get back as soon as possible. Well, we know from our, our time here with KCLR, we've heard from Ella Malloy, who was uh, recovering from a cruciate injury as well and how devastating it was. She's going to miss out on the World Cup opportunities this year. But she also spoke about her mental health and how much that it's been affected by recovery. And especially when you're doing it on your own and not trying to pry or anything that way in it. But I mean, yeah. how, how lonely a place can it be? Or if you want to talk about it exactly, what is your your mental health like, especially trying to recover from an injury that you might be told, well, you know, there might be no coming back from this. Yeah, no, it's very difficult because you're doing it yourself and you have all your thoughts thinking, are you ever going to be back to where you were or is it going to be as long as you think it is? And then I suppose it's hard too because you're watching your teammates going out and obviously being successful and stuff and you just sort of have to be happy for them but also sad that you're missing out I think that year my, my club got to our county final and then Armagh got to the All-Ireland final in Crow Park so I was missing out in very big games they were probably some of the hardest days because you were happy for them but also gutted too because you knew you probably would have been playing and as part of an inter-county player and obviously the, the GPA are brilliant when it comes to supports etc like that what kind of supports is available to the players and were you able to access some of them as an inter-county player? Oh yeah, there's loads available to you if you need it but thankfully I wasn't really in the position where I felt like I needed to reach out to the GPA, GPA or anything. I had a lot of support around like my family and my um, partner and my friends and even all my teammates that would regularly check in and text you and make sure you're doing okay or offer to come to the gym with you to help with rehab and stuff just so you're not doing it by yourself. So I, I kept myself involved as well. I didn't really sort of step back from the teams. I kept myself going to the training, going to the matches. So I was still sort of part of the whole community and squad. I think that helped a lot too because it kept me busy. If I was sitting in the house um, every evening, I probably would have um, went, went mad probably. <laughs> Well, family is a huge support, as we know, when any kind of a, a bad thing happens or, you know, some person picks up an injury or whatever and you need that support as at home. And I suppose no more so that I would know your mum fairly well as well because she is a referee up in the, the north. Um, she has been refereeing for many years, involved in administration as well. So give us a, an insight of uh, what mum is like, because uh, I know what she's like uh, myself. She's a fabulous camogie person, really you know, goes with Arama, goes to all the matches. I've seen her out even at the weekend in her wet gear and doing the line at different matches as well. So uh, Camogie and GAA must be a huge part of the, the Merry family up uh, in Arama. Oh, definitely. Um, both my parents are actually very involved. My dad would take photographs and 
and obviously mum would do refereeing and stuff but yeah they wouldn't miss a game if I had a match in Cork they'd probably be the first ones there um, but yeah no, they were around a lot during the whole injury as well I couldn't even drive so I was probably relying on them to leave me, lift me and lay me everywhere as well so but to no, add, yeah, very focused in our family. To add to the list of jobs as well, your mum and dad then became a taxi driver. Yeah, pretty much. Anywhere I wanted to go, <laughs> they had to leave, lift and lay me. So, yeah, they got stuck doing that as well. Uh, well, that's what families are there for. I suppose support, you said, of your teammates as well. Uh, it is hard looking at somebody going through championship and not being able to be there, etc. with them. But... Uh, I'm assuming the support that was there from the players to try and encourage you to get you back on the, the road to fitness and get you back on the pitch as quickly as possible. What was the sense of relief like when you put back on an Armagh jersey and went out onto the field to do a warm-up for your first game back? Oh, it was brilliant. Even going back to the first training session, I was so happy. But then there's sort of like a point where you have to realise don't do too much too soon. Um, so I sort of eased myself in for a while I remember putting on or my first match back was for County because it obviously started early in the season but I knew myself I wasn't at the pace yet and I wouldn't be for a while but I think that was sort of hard to come to terms with I just assumed I'd be going straight back into the County setup and I'd be flying and take or sort of leave, start back where I left off but that obviously isn't the case whenever you couldn't walk probably six months prior to that so it took me a while to get going into full flight again, but no, I was buzzing. I was so happy just to get back and know that I was capable of playing again. Well, it's always good to get back onto the field. And as I said, I was very impressed that day in um, Carlo. Uh, obviously, the National League is in full swing at the minute um, and you're taking part in uh, the National League. I'm trying to... F- pull up the fixtures here at the minute but they've gone uh, skew ways on me um, a small <laughs> little bit there you are there um, so you're having a look at the table sitting nicely at the top of the table with uh, two wins from two um, have you a game coming up at the weekend? Yes we play at Tyrone at the weekend but I actually am unavailable for that match I have a, a wedding I have to attend in Donegal so but hopefully we'll be able to get over the line. Just sort of judging by the other scores against Tyrone and things like that, um, I feel like we should be okay to hopefully just dig out a win there and keep our top spot in the league. But no, I'm sad I'm missing it, but I know the girls are, are well capable of getting the result. Well, the result will certainly, I think, uh, that is Division 3A, so to put you in towards either a semi-final spot or into, um, it is a semi-final, I think, isn't it, in the 3A? There's so many different combinations to it, but yeah, no, it is looking like a semi-final, so looking, hopefully, that you'll be able to get there, but it's good preparation then, obviously, going in for Championship, and as you said, Championship seems to be the priority for yourself and all of the Armagh players to get that Premier Junior under your belt and to get up to the intermediate grade for 2024. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, we probably should have got out of Division 3 last year as well, but we we weren't focused enough on it. Um, so we definitely want to get out of that Division 3 league and get up to playing the likes of the far better teams and um, the standard, because that will improve everybody else. But yeah, the goal this year is 100% the Premier Senior Championship. We really want to be up in intermediate and um, competing with them teams. So that will be our main focus this year. 
the support Rachel before I let you go from Armagh people in particular because again I know I was at a, a minor game that she played against Kerry um, last year as well uh, in my official capacity of another job um, and the support from all of the, the Armagh supporters that travelled down that day down to Banagher um, is unbelievable you have a great support to be fair um, the fan base up there is excellent but what is the camogie scene like because um there's not too many clubs in Armagh, but it seems to be vibrant enough from underage all the way up to adult level. Yeah, no, the Camogie and Armagh is flying, but in terms of support, it's always hard, I suppose. The Camogues never get as much support as the men, but no, whenever we get to our finals and even the league games, you do always see a good crowd. There are everyone's friends and families, um, especially the likes of Crow Park. You can definitely see whenever you see all the busloads of from different clubs coming and you look up to the stand and it's filled with orange so the Armagh ones are definitely good for getting out for support Question for you on the support now as well I'm not trying to draw you out or anything here to be controversial right in that way but where do you stand when it comes to County saying that they would prefer to be playing any of the Northern teams at a halfway venue that the travelling distance etc is too much would say to be travelling either from Waterford up to Derry or from Armagh all the way down to Kerry etc like how important is it for the six counties and yourselves included to actually have home games whether it be in the National League or in the Round Robin series of the All-Ireland series? Oh, it's so important because they not have the time to just get up and drive and go to Waterford or Kerry or some of them places you'd be playing. I think we were in Tullamore last year at 1.2 but the fact that you have it home it means like a lot of families and their children and all the kids that probably are looking up to the teams get out to support everyone. And then if they're going to the matches whenever they're at home, that might encourage them to go and travel to maybe the next game. So I think home advantage is massive, definitely down here for us anyway. Well, Rachel, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know you have a lot of meetings, etc. on there today. So um, thank you so much for joining us on Come On Kind. I know it's your first time with us. Hopefully it won't be your last time either. Um, and we certainly wish you and all your teammates involved in Armagh the very best of luck as you go through the championship this year. And as you said, hopefully it'll be a win coming away with uh, the Premier Junior title for 2023. No worries. Thanks for all for having me. Um, yeah, just like I said, hopefully we will get that win and finish off a good year. Well, fingers crossed and hopefully it'll be a great year all around. Thanks. An intriguing story there from Rachel Mary. Delighted to see the player back on form and playing with Armagh and no doubt they will be going for the Premier Junior title later on in the year as you heard from Rachel herself. Right, that's about it from Come On Kind with ourselves here this evening. My thank as my I tell you it's been a long day. My thank you as always to everyone who has been involved in the podcast. We missed Tony but no doubt she will be back with us next year. Paula is a great deputy to be here to be fair to her um, and I always enjoy her insightfulness Apologies for twittering on a bit but you know me when no, I was grand. on a rampage Don't worry about I, didn't twittering. Even, I didn't even mention the roll lift did I? No it's grand we're not going <laughs> oh. to, no we're not going into the roll lift because you're going to get oh. me started on that now as well so we are but anyway yeah. um, hopefully everyone has a very nice St. Patrick's Day and a very nice St. Patrick's weekend as well our Fud Shockton Naguelga on show Anish Beg me Arash August Paula August Anya on Shockton Shokacha Anish Le Kint Come on Kint 
and we are going to be on episode six or seven next week see I can't even think now at the minute between the Irish and the whole lot I'm gone it's time to go home it's time to wrap up the podcast for another week if you want to listen to it don't forget to go to wherever you download your podcasts from and we are there and if you want to listen back to any of the other episodes by all means certainly do and if you want to get in contact with us here in Come On Kind you can do so by emailing us at comeonkind at kclr96fm.com and we will certainly try and answer any questions that you have for us but as it is our national weekend and a national holiday for ourselves enjoy all things Irish be sensible and we will talk to you again next week so for myself and Paul and the rest of the team it's goodbye goodbye this is Come On Kind with Martin Clotty and Onya Fahey. Oh,